0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Life Hacks Podcast on True Story FM. I'm Shelly Boucher. Sometimes life feels like yesterday's stale fast food. It's passable, but do you love it? Well, let's love life together. Here we explore simple, clever ways to make your life better and less stale. Guests from all walks of life grant insight into their approach to making life more enjoyable, less stressful, and filled with abundance. I am so excited for today's guest. It is Dr. Foxy Fit, aka my friend Mallory Fox. Now, Mallory is an awesome health and wellness coach and has designed a really great program where she helps busy people make more time for self-care through mindful movement of not only your body, but also your mind. And Mallory, I'm going to let you take it away from there. Thank you for the introduction and thanks for having me today. I feel very
1: inspired after hearing your introduction and what you're up to on this podcast. I think we can all use a little bit more inspiration in our lives, especially, you know, being a year into the pandemic. I know that I, I'll just speak for myself, uh, definitely feel that law of day-to-day life, um, at home. So yeah, what I love to do is help busy people make time for themselves. And I learned how to do that through having a traumatic brain injury and losing my eyesight in one eye uh, just a few years ago from a car accident. So, before that, you know, what I call like my old life, I was super busy. I worked 14 hour days, I did a lot of volunteer work. Um, I just got married today. Fun fact is actually my 3rd wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> shout out to Brian, my husband. Um <laughs> so this car accident happened and I'd just been married for 4 months and my life kind of just changed overnight. And I all of a sudden went from living on the go, running my own business, And having this really full and busy life to not being able to get off my couch other than to go to physical therapy, go to the neurologist, go to all these doctor's appointments and therapy appointments, and um, just physically really, really unwell. Um, But I had all of this free time, but not really very able to take care of myself and was very miserable and not really sure how to make space for self-care when I couldn't go and do something. So that's kind of where this mindful movement idea came from
0: for me. Your car accident is huge and I'm so glad you brought that up right away but also just your your training is also all about in the physical body and things like that yeah I'm a,
1: I'm a big nerd so <laughs> I have a doctorate of Health sciences <laughs> and a master's in kinesiology which is uh, human movement. And a bunch of certifications in personal training and um, corrective
0: exercise, yoga, mindfulness, all of these other things. So what's neat about you is like you went through all this training and then life came along and said, Hey, Mallory, we're going to give you an opportunity to actually have to live what you've learned. So you had to put all of it together.
1: I was very good at telling other people what to do. (laughs) So other people would come to me and, you know, they'd have things happen where they would need my help to create a plan to help them get back, you know, to where they used to be. And I was great at, you know, helping them to do that. But then life happened to me and and I needed to essentially get back to where I used to be. (laughs) And then all of a sudden it, you know, it wasn't
0: really fun anymore. It was, (laughs) it was my turn to go through that work. Tell us a little bit how you, how you managed to do that because when you're, You know how they say uh, doctors' kids are always sick and shoemakers' kids are always barefoot. You had to doctor yourself. Was there a bigger challenge out of all that?
1: I had a ton of support. I want to say that
0: too. So I was in occupational
1: therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy, all of these other things. So brain injury, um, our brains are responsible for everything that we do, you know, for everything from sleep to, you know, every single function that we have. So I had a ton of medical support, as well as, you know, every type of support you can imagine. But when it came to putting all the pieces together and advocating for myself, that was all on me. Because, you know, if you were to look at me, I looked completely fine. I looked the way that I looked before the accident. And I had to explain, you know, what was going on. Um, You couldn't look at me and see that... You know, I was dizzy and that my vision was double and you know that all of these things were happening. I found that I really turned to mindfulness to just clear some space for me to be able to take a deep breath. Because as crazy as it sounds, Shelly, it was hard to even breathe mm. in that time. And I'd never experienced that before. But you know, we take breathing so um, for granted. And You know, in the the time between like doctor's appointments and between um like Ubering to my doctor's appointments because I couldn't drive. I was legally blind in one eye. Um, you know, having to remind myself to take a deep breath was something that I'd never had to do before. Right. And it really brought back a lot of stories that I'd heard from clients over the years. And I worked with, you know, in my in my office, Foxy Fitness, I worked with a lot of doctors. I worked with a lot of high-powered attorneys. I worked with CEOs. I worked with professional athletes. And these people would describe to me this state of stress that they lived in, how you know they performed at a really high level in all of these areas of life, but they really struggled to find the time and space for themselves. And I had this kind of epiphany where I realized I was still going through that as well. I was able to realize kind of step out of the situation and say okay if I can see like what what's the bare minimum that I can do right now? Like if I were my client what, what would I do? Like I have the medical advice, I have, you know, all of the different therapists that are telling me this, but but what's the what's the piece that's missing? And the piece that was missing for me was that moment to moment self-care.
0: Wow. So I want to talk about both the mental stretching that you obviously had to do and physical stretching. And we can talk about it in any order. But what I really think is interesting, just starting, let's say, on the mental side, like, I know people always talk about meditation and that kind of mindfulness. And I am one of those people that I I find actually meditation anxiety inducing, which I kind of feel like maybe you were in that space, but you had to learn to be more mindful. So how did you make that move from being somebody who talked about it to, to doing it with yourself?
1: I hated meditation and mindfulness, and you know, I, I said earlier, I was really good at telling other people what to do, and I was not very good because I didn't have to do those things before my accident. Um, you know, I had a, I was privileged to, you know, be in good health, be in good shape, not have to you know, quote, meditate for stress. And so even though I taught meditation and I taught yoga, I didn't practice it myself. And I was really, really bad. I was the person in yoga who at the end, you know, if you've ever taken a yoga class, you know, at the end, you're supposed to clear your mind and take a a little rest. They call it Shavasana. And the yoga teacher might talk about, you know, letting all of your thoughts go. And and I would lie there and probably curse, like, (laughs) as a teacher. (laughs) And kind of, like, count all of the things on my to-do list that I still had to do and, you know, wasting time. Because my mind just wouldn't stop. And, you know, I know from, from a scientific standpoint, our brains don't just naturally switch off. And from a scientific standpoint, when we're in survival mode, our brains will do whatever it takes to keep us surviving to the next day. So while we can train the brain through meditation and mindfulness, if you aren't naturally, quote, good at mindfulness, that's not a bad thing. It just means that, you know, you're living in a stressed state. So what i did because i wasn't good at meditation i would get as you mentioned kind of anxiety from having to try to clear my head or or start a meditation even if it was 5 minutes long and just not be able to to stick with it i would notice like every 5 seconds maybe that my mind was wandering and My inner voice would be like, Mallory, come on, it's just a meditation. Like, just listen to it. They're telling you what to do. Like, come on, get with it. You know, my inner voice would be really harsh and like, come on, just do it. And so, what I did instead was I would just start really small, like with 10 seconds. Uh, Over time, I, you know, I still struggle, I'll be honest, with finding that space of like a, a calm mind. But the difference now is that I don't beat myself up over it. There you go. Because I know that we're human and our minds aren't meant to just go blank at the drop of a hat.
0: Right. And I really like the uh, that idea of the building blocks. It's like, okay, today I can do one minute. Maybe, maybe tomorrow I can make it for two. <laughs> but forget five minutes.
1: Yeah. Or it might be one breath. You know, it might be like, if I can take one deep breath right here, you know, then that's one more deep breath than I was, you know, taking yesterday. And what mindfulness really is, is it's just noticing life as it unfolds. And what I used to think was that You know, mindfulness was, you know, when you're on vacation and there's not a care in the world, you're at this beautiful beach and you have a margarita in your hand and, you know, you have no worries about what you're coming home to, you know, life is just perfect. Like I thought that's what mindfulness was. Like all of these variables that are all perfectly set. Uh, But mindfulness is really just noticing life as it unfolds around you without judgment about it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, mindfulness might be that, you know, we're in the middle of a podcast interview and my dog starts barking and I just notice that my dog's barking without getting,
0: you know, pulled into that. Right, it's also, I think, very much staying present in the moment that you're in. That's what it sounds like to me. And that's what it is. One thing that you do that I love, this thing that you do is um, you started, and I subscribed to it once uh, we met, is your mindful minute text. And that's like the perfect life hack. That's ingenious.
1: Thank you so being a recovering perfectionist um, <laughs> I've noticed that a lot of people that was the biggest stumbling block for me with starting mindfulness you know I wanted to be good at mindfulness if I was going to make time to you know try something new, I wanted to see benefits and I wanted to um, eventually be good at it otherwise why else would I do something? <laughs> And so I started the Mindful Minute because I wanted to help other people find the benefits of mindfulness too. I know how much it's helped me in my life. So what it is, for those who don't know, is I send a text every day. And it's a very short mindfulness prompt. I'll tell you a secret. I really do it for myself because without like a daily reminder for myself, I'm not likely to remember to practice mindfulness every single day. So (laughs) it's really nice for me to have that community of other people who I know are relying or, you know, waiting for a text or I've even had it happen where like one day I forgot to send out a text message (laughs) and someone actually sent me a message and was like, Hey, I think you might have a problem with your software. I just didn't get my prompt today. And I was like... (laughs) thank you so much for letting me know. I actually forgot to send it. So um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I created something that I needed for myself. Oh, it's great.
0: And they're just simple things. Go take three deep breaths. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm in the middle of my day. I wish I thought of that. And then you remind me.
1: Yeah, that little ping to just, hey, whatever you're doing right now, just stop and notice what you're doing. I go about a lot of my day being mindless and so many of us do. You know, I eat in front of the TV. I, you know, answer emails while I'm listening to a podcast and my husband's talking while I, you know, drive and there's all these different things, you know, our brains are processing so much at once. And after my brain injury, is when I really noticed how much we try to multitask. Because after my brain injury, I couldn't multitask. I had to peel back all of those layers to just do one thing at a time. And that's really where I had the opportunity to practice mindfulness because I kind of got forced into only being able to have the capacity to focus on one thing at a time. And then, you know, you're asking like kind of where that came from. And, and that's, that's where it all started, where the things that helped me to to try on mindfulness and to give myself the time and the space to to just practice it without having like a goal or an expectation of what it might look like.
0: That's great. I love the idea of having less expectations of us for perfectionists because I find that in myself all the time between, you know, my work and my kids and just my house or other things. And then sometimes your own wellness totally falls to the side because you're so focused on those other things. And if you slow down, I find that if I'm well, then in, in the right brain space, everything else goes so much better. And it's, it seems obvious when when we say it out loud, but so often in life, we just, we forget.
1: Well, I love what you just said. And it's and it's so true. And you, you point out, like as a mom, you know, I have, I don't have kids, but you know, I, I do have two little dogs and, you know, if, if I have to put, you know, feeding them before feeding me, I'll generally feed them first. And I can imagine having human children, you probably prioritize (laughs) their needs before yours.
0: (laughs) I hope so. I don't know. I,
1: (laughs) I see that. I see that in moms all the time, you know, again, in clients that I work with. And again, when I was recovering from my brain injury I would just have all these stories you know I've worked probably over 20,000 hours with clients over the years and all of these stories I mean, you know clients who beat themselves up about excelling in so many areas of life but then in their words failing when it comes to taking care of their own health and their own needs and really that not understanding why they couldn't put their needs first and so it's a really human, human problem,
0: I think in our society, right we're always trying to do better, be better, but sometimes we forget what the building blocks are and that's that's a really good transition into so much of your other background, which is physical stretching, which um that's when you and I met is because you were on at a a video shoot as a stretching expert, which I was like I'd never even heard of such a thing and the more I got to hear about all the things you did, I was just amazed by it how how important stretching is for also your wellness. So stretching your brain, big thing, but also I want to hear your, you know, some thoughts on you with uh, stretching your body. Yeah, where to start on that? <laughs> <laughs> so how about just why Why is stretching so important? Well, stretching the body is important
1: because... we were talking before we started recording the podcast, how our bodies just go through a lot day to day. Our bodies literally carry us through our entire lives. Um, There's a famous quote, or maybe it's a meme because it's 2021. And we do a lot of communication and memes these days (laughs) about how, you know, we only get one body in our lives. We can replace pretty much everything else, but we just get this one body. And so stretching can help to elongate the life of our connective tissue. So that's what keeps our joints healthy. That's what connects the bone to bone. And it can help us to move better just as we age. You know, from the time that we're born, we're aging through our entire lives. So we think of, you know, exercise as something that we do to be able to eat more or to punish ourselves for eating or, you know, to work out really hard. But I like to think of movement or stretching as just a way of life. That's great. Yeah, we spend a lot of our life, a lot of time, you know, having to be still sitting at a computer, sitting at a car, sitting on the couch or standing, you know, in line at the grocery store. And so stretching is really just an extension of movement being able to dance or sing or,
0: you know, film a video or do something fun. So it really sounds like people should stretch like every single day, you know, just like how you try to drink your water every day. So talk a little bit about what are some things that they should do every day stretch wise, maybe not anything crazy. Because when I met you, I was like, I want to learn to do the splits, Mallory. How soon can I do the splits? I mean, we're not talking about that, although that would be fun. (laughs) But what about just some simple everyday stretching?
1: I love that analogy of drinking water. You know, it really is that. Stretching is kind of like drinking water for your joints. You think of it that way. So um, anyone who, you know, types on a phone or at a computer, just moving the fingers, like making... Movements with the fingers, opposite of what you would for typing, going the other direction. Those are good stretches to do for the hands every day. Any type of joint movement. So making circles with the wrists, um, bending and extending the elbows, um, shrugging the shoulders, turning the head side to side. um, Those can be considered stretches. Those are called dynamic stretches. That just means that there's a constant movement um, along with breath, not a whole lot of breath cause I'm talking, but just trying to find a part of the body that doesn't get to move a whole lot and moving
0: that part of the body. Is there a time of day? Like I would think so right when you wake up, but you know, when I wake up, I'm just like, Oh, I'm, I'm not even thinking. And I'm just making my way to the coffee maker before I start my day. And uh, you make me think mm-hmm. that maybe I should start with a stretch. <laughs> Well, you said it.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) When people are trying to change habits, a really great tip is to anchor it to something else that you do. So since you make coffee right away, while the coffee pot or the Keurig or however you make your coffee is warming up, do a stretch then. You know, some clients will say, while you're brushing your teeth. You know, that might be a minute where you have, you know... Like you're just standing there brushing teeth, that might be a minute to do a spine stretch or do a hip stretch or a lower body stretch. Just something um, where you know you might already be otherwise just scrolling through your phone or doing something else that's mindless just anchoring it to another task so that you're not finding five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour of new time or waking up early or staying up late, but just bringing into another task that you're already doing.
0: Oh, that makes so much sense. And it really resonates because I feel like when people think, oh, now I have to add stretching into my day. How, where am I going to find that time? And I like that you're saying it's okay to break it up into different parts of your day as opposed to oh, I have to find 30 minutes right now to do that, people probably avoid that kind of commitment because it's it's intimidating when we already have such busy lives. It's a huge obstacle. I mean,
1: that was a huge obstacle for me. Like when I, you know, prior to my injury, I just, you know, I really hate it when people say, oh, you'll make the time for things that are important to you. Because let's be honest, I'm, to prioritize what keeps me alive, (laughs) which is (laughs) paying my bills, feeding myself, all of those things. At the end of the day, self-care is a luxury. You know, it's not a necessity. And so, yeah, I want to make sure that I, I point that out. So finding ways to make it, um, to anchor it to something you're already doing can help with that. Watching TV, a lot of people, um, a lot of clients, I'll say, do your homework. You know, everyone you know who watches the news or has that net- Netflix show that they like to watch or, you know, I love The Bachelor. Like pick a commercial break or, you know, five minutes at the beginning or the end where you'll do a couple of movements and it doesn't have to be anything
0: elaborate, but just you know, find that time to move. And then of course, once people start this movement and they're like, this is amazing. And I love how it makes me feel. What, what, what would be their next step? Is there, um, you know, like there's like those stretchy tools or like those roller balls, things like that. What would be, you know, once they're devoted to stretching, where do they go from there? It's a good
1: question. There's all kinds of things. It really just depends on when people ask me for, for what's next, I'll just ask what they enjoy. I think, when it comes to movement, you know, like you mentioned wanting to do the splits. So if you really <laughs> want to do the splits, then I would suggest and you know, that's going to be more hip and hamstring based stretching. So I would give you some dynamic stretches to really work on, you know, opening up the the hips, the hamstrings. You might do more static holds. Um if somebody wanted to just like let's say go on I don't know why it popped in my head, but American Ninja Warrior, then, you know, their stretching, their movement is going to be very different. So I love to, to find out what motivates somebody to move. Someone in my office said just a couple of weeks ago that, you know, he just wanted to age gracefully and he was 80 years old. And I just loved that, you know, that's his movement program is going to be different. Some people love to just try like the latest fad and um, (laughs) you can get all kinds of ideas, you know, on the internet, you know, anything from that.
0: Right. So, and in my defense, I did, I was able to do the splits like in high school. So I'm not completely crazy. And that's, and just like you said with um, the gentleman in your office, but what as we age, and we do lose some of our flexibility, obviously. What are good stretches that we should keep in our arsenal so that we're helping our bodies age age well or keep them young? Generally, hip mobility is
1: really important in any population. Um, hip and spine, I would say, would be the two the two areas of focus. I always talk with clients: if you can get up and down from the floor without help. That is a great predictor if you want to get nerdy with me. That's a great predictor <laughs> of aging healthfully. And it's also a really um, important um fall prevention measure,
0: oh, yeah, that's definitely important. I have parents who are aging, and I worry about them falling all the time. Is it I know that this is a podcast. so and while we are zooming right now, this will mostly be heard by people. So is there a way that you can talk through? Um, a stretch for our listeners that that will translate verbally instead of visually? I can try. Yeah, definitely.
1: So some of the ones that I really like, I'll just talk through some dynamic stretches. So with each one, think of taking a breath with every movement. And so if you were to just stand and move, uh, we'll start with marches. So um, I always say too, if you're unsure of your balance, just be by a wall. And make sure that you are in an area where you can move without knocking something over, um, without tripping or falling. Just make sure that you're somewhere that you can move safely. Um, that's my, my biggest disclaimer um, as we go. And also, I'm a pretty clumsy person. So <laughs> maybe everyone won't need that disclaimer, but I know I sure do. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> I totally hear you.
1: So start out with just noticing the ground under both feet and noticing uh, whether you lean more into one side than the other. Most of us do. And then from there, uh, lengthen through the whole spine so that you're standing up really tall. And then hover one foot up off the ground. And then pull that knee up as high as you can towards your chest so you might feel a stretch through the back of the hip of stretching the glute. And then when you feel that you've pulled that knee as high up as you can, go ahead and switch sides. And then you can repeat that as many times as you want. And you can start to play with the speed of that stretch and go faster and faster. The faster you go, the more you're going to challenge your balance and the more you're going to uh, warm up, actually increase the temperature of the tissue in the hip complex. And then I just have you reverse that. So instead of bringing the knee up to the chest, I'd have you bring the leg up um, behind the body. So you'd bend the knee and pull the hip back. And that's going to stretch the front of the hip, which is a really great stretch for anybody who has to sit at all during the day, you know,
0: in the car, at a desk. Right. With all those people who are sitting, it gets, your body gets tired of that sitting. Yeah. So since we talked about hip stretches, I thought those are probably the two go-tos
1: that I would do. And if you feel really, really confident about your balance on those two stretches, you could add arms. So you could hug the knee to the chest on the first one. And on the second one, you could grab your foot behind the body with
0: the arm. So do you feel that the most overlooked muscles are the, the leg and muscles that don't get stretched as opposed to maybe shoulders or arms? The
1: hips probably get
0: beat up the most
1: just because they carry us around. People always come in and they say, my hamstrings are tight. People
0: want to stretch their legs. So I think the legs do get stretched a lot. I mean, that's what I think of first too. I just, so I just wondered if I should be thinking more about my arms or for me, you know, when I sit at my computer for too long and I I imagine this happens to everybody, you know, your back, gets really sore. And like I'm I'm sitting here right now thinking, oh, I need to stretch my back. Yeah, it's so interesting, but I would say probably the least stretched and the
1: most needed area would be the hip flexors. And Because that supports your back then, right? Yeah, we often think of stretching the area that hurts, but it's rarely the area that hurts that needs to be stretched. Wow, okay. Yeah, because when we're sitting and we're thinking of our back, usually the back is overstretched. You know, if you're picturing your spine and we're all kind of hunched, I know I'm hunched. I'll just speak for myself. I'm kind of hunched forward talking because I'm excited. So my spine is a little bit curved forward. So the muscles in my back are overstretched because they're pulled forward. So the muscles on the front of my body are shortened. So I need to stretch my pecs and my hip flexors. And that'll take some of the stress off of my, my spine and the muscles
0: in my upper back. Wow, I had no idea that my back was overstretched. That's a really amazing tip. Now I'm gonna when
1: yeah. we're well done with this,
0: I'm gonna go work out my hips, which there is good. You like, go. Then I could go out dancing, right? Once once there is dancing again, I guess. Yes,
1: <laughs> or dancing <laughs> dancing at home too. That's always fun, right?
0: <laughs> when I think of my hips, I just think of like salsa. So I think that's why I'm thinking. Ooh, now I can go salsa dancing and keep up with all those those speed people. I'm sure they stretch a lot. Yes. <laughs> and then. Let's think about other simple ways that people can do that. I love your thing, like while you're doing something else, brushing your teeth, making the coffee, and then the mindful minute for stretching your brain. Is there any other hack that we haven't touched on?
1: Those are the big ones. I think as as humans, we really like to overcomplicate things. (laughs) But it really is simple. It's just, you know, try to do a minute or two a day. Anchor it to something that you're already doing this is probably you know, a final hack. Move in a way that feels good. If it doesn't feel good, stop doing it. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of um, you know, people that will come to me. I'm trying to think of all the things that people will ask usually when they find out that I'm a stretch therapist. That'll help me think of more hacks. But usually people will ask you know what they shouldn't be doing and so that's my biggest hack with that is if something hurts stop doing it
0: yeah and that's funny because a lot of times i think people think when they're stretching and if it's hurting just like with working out oh then i'm doing something i'm i'm doing something smart better but they're really overdoing it right yeah if it hurts just back off um if if something is painful
1: then you know if there's like a stinging pain You know, you should probably see a doctor. Uh, What we forget is that our tissue is, you know, again, like if you're stretching, you know, we talked about connective tissue, trying to think how, you know, how um, sciencey we want to get here. But when we're stretching connective tissue, um, that actually shouldn't be stretched. You know, the tissue that keeps our bones together, we don't want to stretch that tissue. That causes ligament tears. That causes strains. Um, those require sometimes surgery or, you know, casts or boots to, to repair. So we don't want to stretch that tissue. If something causes pain, stop
0: stretching it. That actually seems very obvious, and yet it's really good to be told because I think people definitely forget that you are you are a wealth of information. <laughs> I work
1: with a lot of athletes, you know, and and I was a competitive swimmer myself and I'm 34, almost 35 now. And when I was a kid, you know, the stretches that we did, I look back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that we did. I can't believe we did those things to our knees and our shoulders. And it's no surprise to me now that People that I swam with um, then have had knee replacements in their 30s and have had shoulder problems. And it's because, you know, our coaches then didn't know any better, but we know better now. And um, there's a mentality that, you know, stretching needs to hurt, but it's actually very harmful. And, you know, there's a lot of science. Don't work through the pain. There's a lot of science to back up that stretching should be pain-free and it should feel good. Yeah, always trust, trust your gut on on something. But still stretch every day. Yeah, move. I think move <laughs> is a good. Yeah. Cause sometimes people will have an attachment. Like if they think stretch, you know, they'll think like stretch means like, you know, push hard, push through something.
0: So I might then just tell someone to move every day. That's great. The producer Andy gave me this great quote, and that's die young as old as you possibly can. And certainly that mindful movement can help you get there. I love that. I'm going to have to remember that one. <laughs> See, now we're sharing a life hack with you. This is this is great. Yes. So then if people want to find out more about you, I know that you're really active on social media. Where, where can they learn more about you? So
1: on Instagram, I'm Dr. Foxy Fit. And I post a lot of stretches and a lot of short mindfulness tips on there. Um, I do a lot of like... (laughs)
0: So much good stuff on your Instagram. I love it.
1: Thank you. That means a lot. Yeah, I love to just help people get moving and answer questions and... um, and all of that good stuff. So that's a great place to find me. I'm on TikTok too, but I just started, and I'm
0: kind of getting the hang of it. Uh, sa- same handle. I need a I need a TikTok lesson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I do TikTok too. Intimidates I'll... me still. <laughs> I probably need to find my my 13 year old nephew and ask him to show me how to use it. <laughs>
0: yes. I'm the only reason I'm on it is for my kids and they're they're pros and I feel like a total noob so there you go and then of course your website befoxyfit.com which will include all this stuff in the show notes so that listeners can learn all sorts of fun things about you but your website has a lot of great information on it too thank you so Mallory I'd like to thank you so much for coming on um bringing your Dr. Foxy Fit wealth of information and sharing it with the Life Hacks podcast today. It has been so great and I learned a lot and I'm still going to try to get the splits. And so if I do, maybe you can come back again.
1: (laughs) Yes, I would love that. And I'm going to make a post about the splits just for you.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) I cannot wait to see it. Uh, So I'd like to thank everybody so much for tuning into the show and we will see you next time here at Life Hacks.